right, you have your Bibles with you tonight. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 58. Amen. Told you just what the message was on tonight. <laughs> Amen. We're just going to go through a verse or two here, and then we'll sit down. The Bible says, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us. Father, give us the godly wisdom we need to walk in that path. And we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> praise God. Here the Bible was tells us that the Lord was telling Isaiah to cry aloud and spare not and to lift up his voice like a trumpet. And that's what we do in this church. Amen. And show my people their transgression. He didn't just say, tell them their transgression. Show them, show them their transgression. And the house of Jacob, their sin. And he said, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as, as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. What does that sound like to you? What does that sound like to you? Does that sound like the modern-day church all over this country? Hey, they're not living a holy life. They're not living even a separated life. They're not living a godly life in any kind of stretch of the imagination. They delight calling on the Lord. They delight uh, uh, talking to Him and, and, and praying to Him as if He can hear them. The Bible says, uh, uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But yet, they don't live for Him at all. They go to these country clubs they call churches and sit in the sanctuary, supposedly the sanctuary of God, and they do have Starbucks in the sanctuaries, or they got coffee, coffee right in the sanctuary. They got uh, uh, coffee houses right in the lobby of the church. And they're sitting all there in the church. And, and the Bible talks about not drinking or eating in the house of God. We don't allow any kind of eating in here. Amen. The only drinking goes in here is uh, water. Praise God. I don't want no gum, nothing like that in this church. I don't want no mints, none of that kind of stuff. Amen. Do that before you get in here. Leave that mess outside. Because if somebody sees you in here chewing on something, they think you eat food and they fix to pull out a biscuit. We don't come to the house of God to eat that kind of stuff. We come to the house of God to feast on the manna from heaven. Praise God. We come to the house of God to feed upon the bread of life. Amen. And uh, praise God. So, and, and we do believe in pushing that food back, don't we? Praise God. Well, the Lord said, he said, hey, he, he, man, he said they, they delight. They delight to, to, uh, to approach me. He said, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Act like they're all happy to know his ways. They don't want to know his ways. They want to know their idea of His ways. 
He said they delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. But they don't do righteousness. They don't live righteousness. They live their own righteousness. Whatsoever man declares is right, that's what they, that's what they follow. The Lord's righteousness is this book right here. But they don't do this. They follow their own way. That's man's righteousness. And the Bible says man's righteousness is what? Filthy rags. He said, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. They ask for the ordinances of judgment. And we're going to look at that here in just a second. Because this chapter is about right and wrong fasting. So we're going to take a little closer look at it tonight. Amen. He said, so they ask of me the ordinances of justice. You know what they were asking? Destroy that person. Sick them, God. Sick them. Get them. That's what they were asking. They're wanting justice for the people that have wronged them, people that rubbed them the wrong way. They're seeking justice. They're seeking God. They're seeking God on people with the fast. That's what they're doing. And there's a lot of people that do that with fasting now. They think, well, I'm fasting to break the yoke of that guy off my neck right there. You know, that guy's been a burden to me. Or that guy, or, or, or no, I'm going to fast and help you break the yoke uh, uh, off of your neck, you know, because you got this problem and that problem. And of course, since I'm pure as a driven snow, I mean, I don't need to fast for me, but I'm going to fast for you because obviously <laughs> you're a basket case. So I'm going to fast for you to help you uh, uh, lose your basket. You know. So here they come and say, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Hey, man, what's going on, God? You ain't blowed them up. Come on now. I mean, this is day two of the fast. They ought to be on fire for now. Dear God, I'm two days into the fast, man. They're still living in a house. Come on, God. I ain't got but one more day. You're going to get it done quick now. Come on now. Kill that guy. Knock him out. And that's what they were doing. Wherefore have we fasted? Wherefore have we fasted? And thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? He said, Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure, and you exact all your labors. Let me ask you a question. Is everything just business as usual for your fast? I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about, is everything just going on as normal? You out on the driving range, you out on the you out on the whatever, doing whatever, doing doing everything normal. We know we have to work for a living and that's a fact, but uh but is there nothing else you're doing different? In other words, he said you exact all your labors and are you doing things exactly as you normally would? Or are you pushing those things aside as well and spending more time with the Lord? This is exactly what it's supposed to be about. Amen. It's about putting 
your normal life aside and giving time to Jesus and giving yourself over to Him. Amen. It's about feeding the spiritual you and starving the carnal you. When you push back food and those things and you starve this flesh, the spirit awakens. And let me tell you, ain't you ever heard about people before? I mean, other than my wife, it's just... You ever heard about people getting dizzy when they ain't got no food? Yeah. Sometimes people hallucinate. There's a whole lot of times they ain't hallucinating. They're just seeing things they don't normally see otherwise. Because let me tell you something. The spirit realm is real, folks. It's real. It's going on all around you right now. There are things happening right now all around this building right here. Everywhere you go, there's things going on all around this place. And that's what we're trying to get to is the spirit realm where we can see in the spirit realm. And we can walk in that spirit realm. And that only comes by killing the flesh. See, once this flesh dies, when you die, oh, it's all going to be visible then. You're going to see it all then. When this flesh dies, you're going to be left with your spirit. And that's going to see everything in the spirit realm. You're going to see all them things you couldn't see before. And there is a place you can walk in if you get in, in the spirit enough, you can see the spirit realm. Remember, when Elijah said, Elijah said, hey, Open his eyes and let him see, Lord. And God opened his eyes. It was his helper. And he was he was thinking, man, it was his servant. And he came out of that tent that morning. He's looking out there. And while they were sleeping overnight, man, this great, big, huge army came and encamped around about him. Man, there was hundreds and hundreds of uh, chariots and all these kind of things. Man, I mean, they were looking down there and that... That, uh, that servant went out there and he looked down there and seen that down all the people that camped around in that valley, man, that surrounded them. He went back in and told Elisha, he said, uh, uh, Master, uh, how shall we do? And he went out and he said, Fear not, for more are they that were, are with us than they that are with them. And he said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened his eyes. He looked around about him and on every hill, everywhere he looked, were chariots of fire and angels standing at the ready. Praise God. And horses chomping at the bit, man. Praise God. Let me tell you something. There's things going on in this place right now you can't see, but I guarantee you they're happening. Praise God. Just because you don't see them don't mean they're not there. I'm going to tell you. Praise God. So what happens is the Lord's trying to get you out of this carnal zone and help you to walk in the spirit realm for a while. Praise God. He's trying to get us to a place where we're constantly in the spirit realm. And in order to do that, he's got to slowly kill his flesh off. Amen. And that's what he's trying to do. Amen. Uh, and, and, and one thing I like to do, and I'm one of them kind of guys, I always like to do the tough job first. 
If I come to a job, man, I look for the toughest part of it first. Well, where are you going to start at? Right there. Oh, 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 man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm knocking that out first because everything downhill from there. Amen. So what I do, I like to start this year off, man. Praise God. I want the, I want the devil to know where I'm at and what I'm doing, and I want the Lord to know where I'm at and what I'm doing. Praise God. I want the Lord to know, God, I'm with you. Praise God. I belong to you. You lead the way. Praise God. And we're going to start this thing off by beating the devil up. Praise God. We're going to start this thing off by beating this flesh down into submission. Praise the Lamb of God. And that's exactly what happened. Amen. And I know it was kind of short notice on Sister Tanya, praise God, but she jumped in here and she, she grabbed a hold of this, grabbed this bull by the horns, praise God, and we're, we're carrying it on. Amen. Praise God. And there's one thing you need to get that behind you and you're already working on it. It's already a done deal, praise God. But that needed to happen in the beginning of the year because this is the year 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018, and we are going to press in, press in, press in, praise God. Hallelujah. The problem with churches today, they're not after the will of God. They're after what looks good, sounds good, and feels good. They look holy. They look, well, they don't look holy to me, but the world's idea of holy, I guess means you're not in a G-string maybe. I don't know. But they go to a place that they call a church. They go to a place that, you know, and they, and they you know, they, they think that's living a Christian life. But they're not following this book. Matter of fact, they don't even have one of these books. They got a something that somebody printed on there called a Bible, but it ain't the Bible. If it ain't the 1611 King James Bible, it ain't the Bible. I'm telling you that, and that's a fact, Jack. Amen. Praise God. There ain't but one word of God. It's the 1611 King James Bible, praise God, all the miracles that happen today are happening with men that have this book right here. Anything other than that is a lie from hell, and that's a fact. Now, he said, they say, he said, behold, in, your, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, Ye fast for strife and debate to smite with a fist of wickedness. See what I'm saying? See what they're doing here? They're fasting, and I've heard people do that. I've heard people do it. I've heard people say it. I've heard people say, well, you better be careful. I'll put you out of this town, and I'll fast till you leave. Yeah, I've heard people say that. Not to me, but to other people. <laughs> yeah, that's fasting with the fist of wickedness. Amen. Now, so he said, you fast for strife and debate to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? What are we fasting for? Listen, you're not fasting for somebody else. 
You're not fasting. He said, we're going to look at it here in just a second, but listen, you need to understand, you're not fasting for somebody else. Now, there are times when somebody might need you to fast with them, and that's an awesome thing, and you praise God, you do it. And then you are fasting for their cause. But here, he said, lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people the air of, or, or show my people their transgressions in the house of Jacob their sins. It's an individual thing, folks. Now, is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow his head down or bow his head as a, as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Then he says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that ye break Every yoke. You need to circle that. Ye break every yoke. It ain't about breaking the yoke off somebody else. It ain't about letting somebody else that's oppressed go free. It's not about loosing the heavy burdens and all that on anybody else. It's about loosing them on you. Because sometimes prayer is not enough. Sometimes you're not where you need to be to press into that place. Sometimes these things... Been there a while. Sometimes these things call you home. And they got a homestead on you. They've been there so long. And sometimes, sometimes you got to get nasty. Sometimes you got to get downright mean. Sometimes you just got to get ugly. Because, you know, as I've often said, things sometimes will push you around until you've had enough of it. And until you get ugly enough to back it up off of you, it's going to keep on pushing. But praise God for the Word of God that says there are certain things that come not forth or go not out but by prayer and fasting. Amen. Church, it's not only part of your commitment, but it's part of your maintenance. Amen. Because there's things that uh, grab a hold of you out here in this life, and we're not even leaving things up to chance. We're not taking a chance on something setting up shop in us, amen, and trying to curl up like a hound dog around our life. We're not allowing that. Amen. We're going to fast, and we do it on a regular basis, praise God. We fast one day a month, every month, and sometimes during the years we do a, a three-day fast. And it, we always start the year out with one in the first month, and sometimes we'll have another one or two throughout the year, just whatever the Lord calls for. But, but I'm going to tell you, we don't let things have time to set up shop. Praise God, you know, we have church four times a week. Amen. You know what that's for? That don't let things have time to set up shop. Amen. You know, it takes a while for things to incubate. It takes a while for things to grab a hold of you and begin to grow. Amen. And praise God. <laughs> 
the, the most we ever have apart from church is two days. And that's Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so let me tell you, that ain't much time for something to get a hold and chance to grow in you. Amen. So we're together enough, praise God, to keep those to keep that uh, problem down. It's called maintenance, and that's what we do. Praise God. We're on a maintenance program, Holy Ghost maintenance program. I like that. Praise God. Now, to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, to undo the heavy burdens, to undo them, and to let the oppressed go free. Amen. And that ye break every yoke. Praise God. Give me Mark 9.29, Brother Edward. Mark 9.29. Brother Quick, give me John 6, 48 through 51. 48 through 51. Go ahead, Brother Edward. So write that in the margin right there. Write that in the margin right there. Mark 9.29, right by verse 6 there it says, Is, is this not the fast I've chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Amen. Now, is it not to deal? Well, let's go ahead and get, get the other. Yeah, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bringest the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Okay, come on, John four uh, six forty eight fifty one. Hold up, brother. Somebody do something to him right now. Amen. So we can read this here. Amen. It's okay. He's all right. He's just okay. There you go. He'll get over it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, brother. Where I can hear you. Read over. Start over at forty eight, please. Yes. He said, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and they're, and they're dead. Amen. Come on. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yes. Oh, yes. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you, brother. All right. So what is it said? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? What bread? It ain't talking about biscuits and gravy. What's he talking about? The bread of life. Talking about Jesus. Amen. It's talking about the, the Word of God. Amen. That's exactly what it says. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is it. He is the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He said, Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? Amen. Listen, that's what we're supposed to be doing, praise God, when we're fasting, is praying and seeking and, amen, and, 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 and being available for somebody to uh, minister to and to witness to them and to give them bread, the bread of life. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? Amen. It's not talking about bringing them into your home. It's talking about bringing them to the house of God. This is your house right here. Amen. Now, uh, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself in thine own flesh. What you talking about? The Bible talked about people that are being naked and undone. We're all naked and undone to the Lord. 
But when you see people out there that have no Jesus, let me tell you, let me show you somebody's naked. Let me tell you somebody's naked. Remember when Tiger Woods made all the mistakes with all them women? Everybody was flocking to the media, and they were all saying, Oh, my gosh, how in the world could he do that? How could he do that with all these women? The question not how could he do it. The question is, how could he not do it? How could he not do it? He's walking around naked. What do you mean naked? He's not naked. He's got clothes on. That ain't what I'm talking about. He has no protection from the enemy. He is an open target. He's an open game. He's walking through a life like a like a lone wildebeest calf in a pasture or field full of lions. He is open game. He's an open target. Amen. And you have, listen, he's naked. He don't have the protection. He has no moral compass. He has nothing to hold him in the path. And he's got all that money. He has the ability, the resources. He has all the makings of a hell-bound person. There's nothing to stand in his way. What, having a wife's going to stand in his way? In a, in a land like this? Are you kidding me? Uh, having a wife or a husband don't stop anybody in this world today. Are you kidding? They even have websites that, by the way, are acceptable to the public because they haven't burned them down yet. How to cheat on your wife. How to cheat on your husband. Websites for that. When they allow billboards to be put up on the sides of highways that say life is short, have an affair, that's a problem, buddy. And you think that somebody is going to be able to withstand all the things going out there in the world? I'm going to tell you right now. A man needs God in his life today. A man got to have God in his life today, buddy. He's going to cheat on his wife. I'll tell you right now. I don't care who it is. If he ain't got God, or he's absolutely just not normal, he ain't gonna, he's not going to be faithful. Because you have nothing holding you in that path. Let me tell you something. This is wicked. The Bible declares it. God's one made it. And he said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It's desperate to be wicked. Who can know it? But I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. I'm going to tell you something, folks. This is reality right here. This is reality right here. I'm not going to tiptoe around the subjects that need to be talked about. I'm not going to tiptoe around uh, uh, the subjects that need to be looked closely at because it's going on out there every day. This is real life, folks. You think it's easy for a man, even though he's a godly man, to walk through this world and women run around naked? If he's any kind of manly man, that's not an easy thing to do. You ought to be praying for the men of the church. Because I'm going to tell you, no matter how much God you've got, don't make it no easier. You just be more disciplined, praise God, and, and you have to turn from it. You have to walk that walk. 
You have to force the issue, praise God. You always have to force the issue against sin. Now, does it get easier as you go along? Well, of course it does. Of course it does. You get stronger. It's not getting easier. You're just getting stronger. There's not anything in this life make me mess around with my wife. No kind of way. But I'm a strong man. I don't think like I used to think as a young man. I've got a lot of discipline in my life. I've got God in my life. I've got a compass to go by. Here it is right here. Here's the compass. This is where it all begins right here. This is what I measure my life by. This what holds me right here. This is my anchor. Amen. And it holds me. Praise God. Now, the Bible says, And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Now listen to this. That's a double that's a double edged sword right there. That's a double meaning right there. You don't need to be hiding yourself from the man in the mirror. You don't need to be hiding yourself from the real problem, which is the man in the mirror. Putting your thoughts and everything on somebody else. But at the same hand, you need to deal your thy bread to the hungry. You need to clothe those that are naked. You need to do all those sort of things. Why? Because you're hiding yourself from people that's just like you. you passing judgment on them, and they're just like you are. And you're just like they are, but God. Remember, how can I look at the alcoholic and say, Well, you low life. <laughs> what a scumbag. Man, I tell you, what a bummer. What a bum. Yeah, man, you ain't no count. How can you, how can you look at somebody like that? How can I look at a smoker and say, well, that's disgusting? Well, smoking is disgusting. But, buddy, I used to be right in there with them trying to smoke myself to death. And so I can look at that through the eyes of compassion as well and say, hey, man, that's a hard thing to lick right there, buddy. That's a hard, that's a hard, uh, uh, that's a hard pill to swallow, buddy. That's a hard one to get over right there. Amen. And so that gives me, that gives me a little, uh, different take on it. Amen. It makes me want to go buy somebody a, something to help them with it. You know, makes me want to give them some patches or something, amen, to help them get over that hump. Praise God, because I know how hard it was. Amen. And I ain't going back. Never will go back. You couldn't force me to smoke a cigarette today. Praise God. You couldn't force me to drink a drink. Amen. No kind of way. No kind of way. Period. You couldn't force me to do something against my wife. No kind of way. You couldn't force me to walk out of this church. No kind of way. Amen. Because I spent a long time committing myself to all this that I'm doing now. I spent a lot of time making those commitments. Praise God. They didn't just happen. You got to force the issue. Amen. <laughs> notion come in your and let Jesus make the change, buddy. I'd be in hell today if I took that approach to it. Jesus wasn't making no change. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I tried that with smoking. Boy, that didn't work too good. He just kept waiting, kept waiting, you know. I'm waiting on you, God. I'm waiting on you, man. I'm waiting on you, God. I'm waiting on you, man. You know. I can wait longer than you can. Now. The Bible says when you get all that stuff done, you get through killing yourself spiritually. 
Then, everybody say, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Can you say, Praise God? And thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. Amen. He said, then, everybody say, then, shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. You see where God's trying to take you to? See where God's trying to get you to? See, once you, once you defeat that ugly you, here comes Jesus. Once you get that, once you get that man or woman in the mirror under your feet, once you get all that stuff right, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If, everybody say if, thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. What's it talking about? If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger, what's that? What? That's right. Everybody got that. What's it mean, take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger? What's it, what's taking away the yoke? What? When you point your finger at somebody else, you're putting a yoke of bondage on them. You need to do this. You've yoked them up. You put a yoke on them. Here's what you need to do. You need to pull this load. You need to pull this burden. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to change that. You need to quit smoking. You need to quit drinking. The Bible said you need to fix you first before you put that yoke of burden upon them because that's putting a yoke on them. Let me tell you something. It ain't easy quitting an addiction. I'm going to tell you it ain't easy walking away from his sister. Amen. But you know what? Praise God. If I'm over there doing the same thing myself, I can't be pointing a finger at you. Amen. So that's the deal. He said, if you take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting forth of the finger, you see that? And speaking vanity, well, you... You need to quit that. You need to stop all that. You need to, you need to, you need to, coming from a person that is more corrupt than they are, you're lying to yourself. It's vanity. That becomes vanity then, see. You're vainly speaking to others like they're beneath you. And the Bible talks about that. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 7 and 3. Brother Jay, Matthew 7 and 3. Now, I want you to look at uh, also, same chapter, Isaiah. 
And you may not have this underlined, but I love this scripture. Go to uh, go to uh, Isaiah ten twenty seven too. Except for one's going over to uh, Matthew seven three. Come on. Yes. Why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, and consider not the beam that is in thine own eye? What do you say next? First. Yes. Very good. Thank you, brother. Amen. That's right. Praise God. It's about you, folks. He's trying to tell those people right here, this ain't about your friends, it ain't about your brothers, it's about you. I, one of the things I tell marriage, uh, married people all the time, and one of, the, one of the best pieces of advice I can ever give to a married couple is, look, quit worrying about, quit worrying about your husband, quit worrying about your wife, quit worrying about them. Just stop it. Don't try to fix them, and don't even worry about what they're doing. Fix you. Make you the best you you can possibly be. Make you the best you you can possibly be. Give you to God and let God handle them. You can't change them. Let me tell you, God can make them change themselves. You just make you the best you can be. Live for God with all your heart. Live for them with all your heart. Amen. I mean, listen, if, if a husband will live his life for his wife, trying to do everything he can to make her life a joy, trying to do everything he can to make her the happiest woman alive, and that woman will live for her husband with everything she has, trying to make his life the best life, make him the happiest man alive, trying to make him just happy to, happy to be alive, praise God, doing everything that she can for him to make his life better. Man, you'll find out that's God's way right there because it takes selfishness out of the way. He said, give and it shall be given. Let me tell you something. When you live for somebody and you, you're so good to somebody, granted there may be some people out there that ain't never going to change, but if you're living for, for most people that maybe have a right mind at all and you live a great life to, uh, towards somebody, eventually they're going to get the picture. And they're going to return it. Man, I'm going to tell you, I, I've seen a lot of husbands that, through the years, that, and I don't even know why they stay married, because you hear them talking, man, say, oh, dear God, man, i got to go home tonight, man, go home my woman, you know. It's like, I recall, my, boy, that's one thing, man, it makes me want to crack somebody in the skull, man. It makes me want to just crack somebody upside the head with a stick. It's calling some woman their old lady. They ought to be shot. Ridiculous. Call some woman their old lady. I'd smack them in the mouth with something if I had but call me their old lady. Talking that's like calling them a piece of garbage. <clears throat> Never have understood that. Why people allow that. <clears throat> Amen. The Lord said to cherish your wife. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Nevertheless, 
Not to get off topic. Folks, listen. This is about cleaning yourself up, getting yourself closer to God, laying aside all those weights and sins, breaking the yokes of addiction, breaking the yokes of, of habit. Now, I want you to look here, talking about the yoke of bondage here, the a yoke on your own self. The Bible said, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Praise God. And I want you to understand something. That's exactly what we're after in this church. Amen. We're after getting that yoke, praise God, off of our necks, getting that yoke uh, of bondage out of our lives as a people of God and as a church, and causing the anointing to be so great in this place that the yoke is destroyed. Because of that anointing, amen, never to set up shop in this place or own anyone in this place again. Praise God. It takes a yoke-destroying anointing, praise God, to break some yokes to keep them from coming back. We want that anointing on our life. We want that anointing, praise God. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, draw out your soul. Remember when the Bible said, be ye instant in season, out of season? Man, I'm going to tell you what, it's hard to draw something out of your soul when you're going without food several days, you know what I mean? It's hard to, it's hard to preach to somebody or minister to somebody when you're just trying to make it through. But that's what we're called to do. Draw out thy soul to the hungry. Amen. We're here trying to give ourselves scriptures to make it through. But that's when God will call on us every time to, to give somebody a scripture and to reach down inside you and start preaching to others, man. And you know what it'll do? It'll take your mind off your own self. It'll put your mind on somebody else, and it'll lift you up at the same time. And satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noon day. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters never or fail not, whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt rise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Can you say amen? Folks, that's what I'm after. That's why I fast. How about you? A lot more going on than you think. You just can't see all the things that's happening, but there's a bunch going on. There's a lot of battles being fought during a fast. A lot of things going on. That's why it's very important to pray and stay close to God. Amen. So that the battle becomes His and not ours. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This is part of it. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. I need God fighting some of them battles for me, don't you? Because there's a lot of them, I just can't do it. I just can't fight them. There's a lot of things out there that just ain't going to go away. 
on their own. It takes the takes the master to do it. He don't have a hard time fighting those things that we do. He just says, go. Two thousand devils, just like that. Go. Amen. When you live your life for Jesus hard, it's much easier. If you try to live for Jesus easy, hardest thing you'll ever do in your life, it ain't gonna, it can't be done. Can't be done. I just tell people you're just wasting your time. Quit playing. Quit playing and get real. Stand with me tonight.